How's it South Africa? And thanks for listening to Farmers Inside Track, the country's most downloaded farmers podcast. Welcome to episode 262. I'm your host, Dawn Umdu. Siobhan Basedino, research analyst at Agri Enterprises, is honestly one of the coolest, kindest people I've met this year. She joins us to share more about what led her to pursue a career in agriculture, what excites her most about working in the industry, and some inspiration for others who wish to follow in her footsteps. Siobhan, thank you so much for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us to share a bit about your life and your life journey and more about your work within the agricultural sector. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Dawn. Really excited and thanks for the opportunity. Now, I love to start with growing up years. There's always these really vivid memories that my guests share, something that kind of either led them to agriculture or their love of nature and animals and science that somehow got them into the job that they're doing today. Was it the same for you? I think so. I was very young and we had like a little graduation ceremony. I think it was in kindergarten and you had to go up into the stage and kind of say like what you want to do. And I always said, weirdly enough, I wanted to be an educator and you'll see a lot of it comes back into some of my stories. But I love sharing knowledge. And I think that's kind of how I got into the career I am today. I love taking information and kind of passing it on and making it understandable and very simple to understand as well. Something that also I think talks a lot about my personality or how I got into the industry. In primary school, we always had like an athletics day. And my mom is an educator herself. And she, with my luck, was our head of athletics house. And I wasn't really sporty. I was always a little bit more academic. And so my mom was always very fair, said just because she is a teacher at school, we will not get any special treatment, which looking back now was amazing. She told me she can't exempt me from not running and she can't write a letter to herself to excuse me. And so the next day when I went to the athletics day, I handed my mom a letter and what I had done is I'd asked my dad to write a letter to excuse me and she had to take it and I told her that she can't treat me differently to the other children just because she's a teacher and I think it says a lot about how I got to where I am sometimes no isn't in my vocabulary and I always make a plan even if it seems like it's not possible so I think those are like two childhood memories that I can think of that kind of describes who I am today Absolutely amazing, Siobhan. You really navigated that very well. Even at that age, you know, like (laughs) making sure that you find a way and definitely speaks to your character. So thank you so much for sharing that. In 2019, you graduated with a dual major in biochemistry and microbiology. And that was from the University of Pretoria. You've now in part said what led you to the specific field But do you think you would have done anything differently or pursued any other career, if not in the agricultural science stream? I'd always think I didn't look for agriculture, but agriculture found me. It kept finding me throughout my undergrad studies and postgraduate studies and incorporating into my project. But I think to a degree, I've always wanted to do meaningful work. And I think agriculture is the perfect place for that. 
you can have impact on like food production, contribute to food security and improve livelihoods of like rural communities. And I think it's a really nice driving force. If I weren't in agriculture, I think I would have gone into education, to be honest, whether that's, you know, I'm still tutoring like kind of on the side because it's always brought me a lot of satisfaction to see how children grow their confidence. I think I would have either gone into lecturing, primary or high school education, biology and science, and always promote STEM, especially for younger women to get them into these important subjects and important roles. I think if I had to choose another path for myself, it would have been like some form of education. Was there any pushback from family or friends to say you should choose that instead of the route that you took? Because I think in 2020, you completed your honours and you were also able to work as part of this project, as part of the mycology group. Tell us more about this work and what did you love most about this time? I didn't receive any pushback, actually. I've always had really supportive parents and they said, no matter what career you're doing, just make sure that you try to be the best out there and that you set a good example for younger people. I'm very fortunate to have a very good support system. And so that's why they encouraged me to do my honors. And I landed up in this amazing project. It's called Citizen Science. And basically what that is, is to keep the information within the scientific community, but to involve the everyday person. So there are a lot of projects out there that are really cool that kind of form the same basis. So usually how the normal or the public is involved with these type of projects is they are involved in sample collection. So previously, they've been projects where people go collect beetles and the group that found this new species of beetle named it after Leonardo DiCaprio. And so that kind of incorporated into the scientific name. And my project was based on one that took place in the Netherlands where more children collected soil. And then with fungi, there's a lot of fungi that haven't even been found or described yet. So especially you get a lot of fungi on soil. And so they found these new species and then they named them after all of the members of the royal family. And they have this beautiful orange pigmentation. But long story short, my project was kind of to adapt this in South Africa. So the team went to different schools and kind of incorporated education system where they would be like, this is the good things about fungi, the bad things about fungi. And then the school children would collect the soil either at their homes or at their schools. And then I would do the analysis and look for any new fungi. Unfortunately, the project was a little bit disrupted with lockdown. I mean, fungi are like living things and we kind of had to store them while lockdown, you know, happened quite quickly. But my supervisors and I are still planning on writing a quite a lovely article about this project. There's still some analysis going on, but if there's any new fungi, we will name it after the child that actually found the original soil sample. It's amazing. And the school children are so excited about this. And once again, I just love bringing in STEM and education and seeing the children excited. So it's a really amazing project. It sounds absolutely amazing. And I'm sure the kids was probably as excited as you were. And I do hope that you get to continue this work and research and to continue to inspire young kids and young learners to kind of understand that the soil is important. And so that aspect is always something that I champion when I engage with everyone in the sector. 
Now, talk to us more about the work that you're currently doing at Agri Enterprises. You're a research analyst, but I know that, you know, that word in itself or that title, there's a lot to it. So yeah. what does day-to-day look like for you? I'm an analyst, but it can be quite a broad term. So I kind of explain to people that I'm a research analyst, helping with like a scientific background. And yeah, I'm in at the advisory section at Agri Enterprises. And so in terms of my day-to-day, that could be a bit difficult to describe. It changes so much. Every day is a new day. Sometimes I wake up in another province if we're doing projects or collaborations there. But basically, the one project that I'm working on is helping to solve the plastic problem in South Africa. So just this week, I think it was Monday that it was the World Environmental Day. And so the Minister of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment, Barbara, urged citizens that we have a plastic problem. And as a country or even in the world, we need to start finding new ways to remove plastic and to protect the environment. And a lot of the plastic can be recycled and is, but there's also a lot that isn't. And some of the plastic can't be recycled at all. So it's like literally single-use plastic. What the minister also said is that the organic waste and like food waste that gets onto the landfill, also it's becoming a problem. So they kind of want to start improving waste management. And so that's kind of the problem that we have. And one of the projects that we're working on is trying to get biodegradable plastic that can be composted industrially to help with this waste problem and to kind of align with the sustainable development goals. And we're not competing with the recycling industry. They're doing great work. There's a lot of job creation, but we kind of want to work in synergy with them and kind of fill in the gaps and also create jobs in the composting industry if possible. So that's kind of a broad thing of what we're doing. So every day is something new, problem solving and meeting with collaborations, meeting with composters, but that's kind of the gist of it. And I think I have a very analytical way of thinking. So our team has a variety of strengths. And so my strengths would probably be the report writing, the data analysis and research. But yeah, we're looking very forward to what this project will lead to and how it can help South Africa. Sounds absolutely exciting and a very important aspect in terms of as we look at where we're going, not just in South Africa, but globally, and also the impact of the agricultural sector and plastic use and all of that. So so thank you so much for that explainer on more about the work that you're doing at Agri Enterprises. Now, we touched on this briefly, you know, to talk about sometimes there are struggles that women go through within the sector and also challenges that they may face solely because of their gender identity. Have you ever experienced any of this in your work and in the sector that you're working in? Has it ever been an issue for you? And if it has been, how have you dealt with it? So I have heard this from a lot of women that I work with, and they've raised their concerns and shared their own stories about this topic. I think I'm very fortunate that I haven't experienced any of these issues So far, all of my encounters have been very professional. I've felt very respected and treated fairly, in my opinion. But that's not to say that there aren't issues regarding this. And I think we should always try and do more work and to strive to be better and to remember, especially for women, you have a voice, your voice matters. So personally, I have not experienced anything like this. It could be my circumstances. It could be the route that I've followed, I've been very fortunate, but I have heard, unfortunately, that other women don't 
experience the same. And I think we should always just strive to be better and try and treat everyone equally and fairly. Thanks, Siobhan. We do have a long way to go, but I think it is changing. And I see it changing day to day with the engagement that I have with everyone in the sector, especially women kind of just saying, we're at this table, accept us. <laughs> and a lot of drive towards actually creating these spaces where women can thrive yeah. within the sector. Now, yeah. just two last questions. The one is just to ask you about what you'd say to other young girls and women who wish to follow in your footsteps. And perhaps also just to focus on, you know, girl children in rural communities where access may not as easy. They might have this idea of what they'd like to be and who they'd like to be, but they might not even know about a career as a research analyst. What would you say? I completely agree with you. I think a lot of school children don't know about the different jobs that are available. If you think about it, it's always like doctor teacher, lawyer, but I think they force you to decide your subjects and stuff quite early on in your life, but it doesn't have to determine your route. I mean, I did accounting at school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And now I've ended up in a very like scientific role. So follow your passions, definitely. But I think the first thing I would say is believe in yourself. You can't expect other people to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. So believe that you are worthy of like your aspirations and your dreams. And then second, I think education. Private school doesn't equal success. I was in a public school and you have to take advantage of every opportunity you can to learn and acquire knowledge. If you can't afford education, try and find work somewhere and try and develop skills. There's always like someone you can learn from. So seek mentors and roles that can help you with education, help support like a very strong network and surround yourself with like-minded people as well. But I, I think honestly, one of the most valuable advice that I can give is perseverance and like persistence. Like success really doesn't come overnight. You need to stay determined and things are going to get difficult. You're going to face obstacles and challenges, but you need to learn from this and to kind of bring it back is let someone else write the letter of excuse to someone. Don't take no as an answer. And if something is not going your way, try and find a different route. There's not just one route. That's your journey. And also lastly, maybe to take care of yourself as well. As you walk, like work towards your dreams, you need to remember to take care of yourself physically and mentally as well to make sure you're as like, strong as possible to follow your dreams. Sound advice, Siobhan. I couldn't have said it better. I think <laughs> you're really inspiring. And I'd like to just thank you once again for joining me on this podcast. My last and favorite question is always, if you could leave yourself a message from, say, five years ago, because I think so much can happen in a space of five years, if I can just look at my own journey. And then if you could, you know, say something to yourself in 10 years time, if you're listening to this podcast, inshallah, what would you say to your future self? I think I would say I've previously always thought you have to be smart to be accomplished. And I think everyone feels like this. When you're in a room full of small people, you feel inadequate, you feel really small. But I think those are the best rooms to be in. I've always believed that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I've taken that saying like throughout my life because you need to learn from the people around you. And so I would always say embrace change. When I was younger, I always thought this is my route. 
the things that I need to do. Nothing will stand in my way. But sometimes there are obstacles that you can't change, but you can still overcome them, taking, like I said, a different route or journey. I also like the advice that I gave to the girls is to prioritize self-care. You need to look after yourself. If you neglect your well-being mentally, physically, you're going to see a difference. So you need to look after yourself in order to pursue your dreams and your passions and to surround yourself with positive influences. So I think I did do that, my younger self, but also to remind my future self of to surround yourself with positive, I wouldn't only say like-minded people, but people that have the same mindset or same aspirations. I think it's always good to have people that have different views so that you can also learn from them. And to embrace failure as a learning opportunity. Don't be afraid to fail. You're going to fail. But it's how you learn from that and it's how you grow that will make you stronger. Thank you so much, Ivan. I've had an amazing time talking to you. Everything of the best with the work that you're doing. Keep oh. shining. When I look at your smile and that picture that you sent me, I was like, wow, <laughs> this is such a happy person. <laughs> yeah, but thank you so much and oh. everything of the best. Thank you for the opportunity. And I hope some of the younger girls can listen to this and at least take something away. And if you ever need me to do another segment, I love to like engage with the public. I love to engage with school children as well and just show them that there are these job opportunities available. And if you put your mind to it, you can do it. Thanks so much for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track. Siobhan Besedino, Research Analyst at Agri-Enterprises, Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. From me, Don Numdu, our technical producer, Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of the hashtag Team Food from Zanzi, thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.